Online TV on Ustream. DCPS Career and Technical Education. And the District Knowledge Network. I'm your host, Anaya. I'm your host, Tamia. I'm your host, Rosa. Did you know Elliot Hot Network has a new podcast in the Save the Art Studio? Lock us in on Apple, iHeart, Spotify, Pandora, Google, and Amazon Music. Join us as a guest on the show today is Angie Ann, the Director of Content for WHBT. Our show topic is Making History One Day at a Time. Angie Ann, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. I love this. I love this setup. And I'm looking forward to our conversation. Our first segment is Understanding Angie Ann. Okay. When did you know you wanted to pursue your career in mass media? I knew I wanted to pursue a career in mass media. Um, well, <coughs> broadcast journalism specifically in high school. I was in high school. I was doing morning announcements. It wasn't as fancy as this. I did TV announcements as well, but it wasn't as nice as this studio, but it was fun. And I found that me being me naturally like i had a different type of energy had a different style had a different voice and so um but i didn't know i listened to the radio heavily like i loved i love music i love hip-hop i would watch music videos all day um and i knew i wanted to be in the music industry but i couldn't rap i couldn't sing i couldn't dance so like so what you gonna do how you gonna get into the business i could talk really well and I had personality, and I like to talk to people. Um, and so when I found out that radio was a way that I could pay for my life, because I'm thinking at the time a career is a doctor, a teacher, a lawyer. I didn't know you could have a career doing this. Um, when I found out that you could have a real career, that you could support yourself, and then I found out you go to college and major in broadcast journalism, um, that was when I knew I wanted to pursue a career in journalism and, and be on the radio or do television. And that was um, probably by 10th grade I learned that. Yeah. What were your thoughts when you were hired as the new director for of content for WHUT TV? Yeah, going becoming the director of content for WHUT, my first thought was I'm back home. Welcome home, Ange. I felt like Howard University was welcoming back their child. So I, I went to Howard University um, and that's where I got my journalism degree from, and that's really where my career started because Howard has such a robust social community. So you've got Howard Homecoming, you got all these outlets to, to show what you have. And if it weren't for Howard, I wouldn't have, have built the confidence. I wouldn't have created Angie Ange, because when I got in there, I was just Angela from PG County. Um, but I created Angie Ange at Howard, so, um, Howard was my springboard into my radio career. I did radio for 15 years. Um, when I wanted to move into a different space where I wanted to lead, I wanted to be a leader and not just a talent. In order to do that and to get into a leadership role, um, I needed to, I, I walked away from being on air so that I could go into leadership. And so director of content is a high level leadership role. Basically, instead of me, um, creating content on behalf of the company, I create the whole vision of what the company should look like or what the television station, what types of programs we should run, what types of talent do we use. Um, so that's what I do now as director of content. And so being hired as the director of content felt like I get to come back home and help develop the next upcoming Angie Anges or you know whoever they, you know, they want to aspire to be. 
You graduated body, magna yeah. cum laude from Howard's John H. Johnson School of Communication. Mm-hmm. How did you manage college life and hitting the books as priority number one? Sure. So magna cum laude means basically you graduated, uh, I think I graduated with a 3.7. So um, magna, summa is like 3.8 and above. That means you was at the top of the top. Magna is like 3.6, I think, and above, or 3.5. It might be 3.5, 3.6 and above. Um, and then they say, thank you, Lordy, as if you just, you know, you, you, you passed. Um, but to accomplish that, two things. You got to have something that's driving you, right? Like, what drives you to get your grades? Yeah, let, <laughs> What drives me yeah, to give me my grades good is, like, mm-hmm. make sure I'm on top of my work and everything, focus in class. And when you do that and you get good grades, like, what's the end game? What, how, how, do you, how does that make you feel? It makes me feel great that I have. Proud of yourself. Proud of yourself, right? Feel like I accomplished something. Exactly. So that was my thing when I got to Howard. I wanted to feel like I accomplished something, and a lot of it was for my parents too, right? I wanted them to know if they were spending money on my education or if they were making all these sacrifices for my education. I wanted to be able to say I gave something back, right? And the best way to give something back, especially when someone has invested that type of time and money into your life, Mm -hmm. is one, to go out and be successful, but two, to go get them grades, right? So, and then Howard at the time, if you had a certain GPA, they would cover your tuition. So I also wanted to help my parents financially, um, but maybe I didn't have the money myself, but if I got them grades, then Howard would cover the tuition, which would help my parents as well. So those were like my driving factors. So to balance it, because I also, going to Howard, just like going to any college, it's gonna be a party scene, you know? You like to have fun. And then I was hosting parties. I was in the club all the time. For me, it was about, do you guys procrastinate? Because I'm a big procrastinator. Sometimes. Sometimes? Depending on the situation. Are you like organized? You, sometimes? Mm-hmm. So I procrastinate a lot, but what I would do is I say, okay, I know I'm going to wait till the last minute, but then I make sure I have time, I find a quiet place, and then I just was getting busy. And so part of it was like prioritizing, when do I need to get something done? What do I need to do? And then I would just go to like um, a library, or I might spend a day in a, in a quiet space, um, but then I would be partying like all throughout the week. But you always make sure your grades or your end game, like you prioritize that, you're going to figure out how to get it done. So that was how I balanced it. Pick a day and focus. What is one word that defines your worth ethic and why? One word that defines my work ethic, consistency. I would say consistency really has defined my work ethic. You can't be, a lot of people who get into radio, television, entertainment is very short-lived if you get into it at all. A lot of people work their whole lives trying to get into a position to be mainstream. Or in my case, you think radio, there's only like four slots for a full-time job with benefits, right? That you're Mm going to live off of. That's going to be the night show, which is usually like six to 10 or seven to midnight. It's the afternoon drive, which is where the money is, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. or 2 to 6. Mm-hmm. And then there's your, your middays, which is usually like 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And then your morning show, which is 6 to 10. That's the other big money driver. And a lot of times what you see with the morning show is it's usually somebody that's syndicated. So it's one person, like a Steve Harvey or something, and he's yeah. just in a bunch of markets. So you take one show, put them in a bunch of markets, save money. So when to get one of those three positions is really difficult. But then to be able to last in the industry is also very difficult. Um, so for me, it's been about consistency. I consistently show up. 
no matter what level I was at, I consistently showed up when I was an intern, consistently showed up and put in work. When I was a producer, consistently show up and put in work. When I did the night show, consistently uh, produce and perform, right? Because that's the other thing, you gotta get ratings. Ratings equals revenue. I did that at night for seven years. They moved me to more, to afternoon drive. When I got the promotion to afternoon drive, did that for four years, they moved me up. Then I do morning show, they moved me up. Then I do syndicated mornings. But that, that doesn't happen if you're not consistent. So you can't just do it when it's good, or you can't just do it when it's fun. I had to show up and do it even when I wasn't having fun or wasn't having a great day, or even when I wasn't doing that well. Sometimes my ratings weren't great. But consistency defines my work ethic, and that's why I'm, I've, I was able to do what I did as long as I did. We are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. <laughs> This broadcast is brought to you by Elliot Hine TV on Ustream. And the District Knowledge Network. I'm your host, Jamina. I'm your host, Dominic. I'm your host, Destiny. Our show topic today is making history one day at a time. Joining us as a guest on the show is Angie Ange, the director for content of WHUT. Our first segment was Understanding Angie Ange. Our second segment is a voice to be reckoned with in mass media. As a national syndicated radio personality, what knowledge have you gained about the mass media industry as a whole? Thank you for that question, Dominic. And I will say um, the big thing I'm learning as mass about the mass media industry as a whole is it's even that word is like an old word, right? Like mass media. The industry is now the content. You're in the content business. Content creation is what everything is about. If you don't understand how to create content on different platforms, you're not going to make it as a broadcaster or a radio talent, TV talent. Um, that is the biggest knowledge I've gained. And that's because I started in radio, you know, over 15 years ago. So I got a different, so I got to see what it was like 15 years ago, and then I get to see where it is today. And where it is today is anybody could call themselves a journalism, a journalist now. All they got to do is buy a microphone like this and, and, and put, you know, their name on it. Mm -hmm. And if they speak intelligently or if they say something that people like, all of a sudden they get credibility, right? But they didn't go to school for it or anything. So what I would say is the knowledge I've gained is moving into understanding how to create content, period. You're not, there is no mass media industry. It's just, you're in the content business. Yeah. And once you understand that you're in the content business and that you have to be able to create so, so like if you look at old school radio personalities, they had like a producer, they had all kinds of people helping them. Mm -hmm. In today's world, as a content creator, what are you? You're a one man band, right? Or one woman band. You gotta have, you, you go get you a camera, you go get your lights, you go, you have to produce your own stuff, you gotta edit your own stuff now because the technology has evolved that way. And so I would say that's the biggest thing I've learned about the media industry. It's now the content industry. And that encompasses mm -hmm. anything from films to radio. Radio, you got radio, you got podcasting. You've got, and now podcasting has turned into TV shows, right? Mm -hmm. Because now you don't just listen to a podcast. A lot of times you watch it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So you're in the content business. Mass media is just, that's like an old, a old word in my opinion. <laughs> OK, 
Okay, well, talk to us about 38MadisonMedia.com and its overall objective. Sure. 38 Madison is my digital media company that I started right after, around the time I was phasing out of radio. I wanted to, when I started to see that there is no more just radio, television, film, when I started to see there was content, everything was about content, I said I wanted to create a digital media company. And when I thought about a name, I named it after my grandmother's house in DC. Um, and my grandmother, who's still alive, she's probably watching it. Hey, grandma. She's <laughs> 93 years old. And in her house, everybody is welcome and everybody has a good time. And so if you go to my grandmother's house in DC, it's a big house. And you could see people doing all kinds of stuff in different rooms. So somebody might be playing the piano singing. Somebody else is playing spades and fighting. Somebody else in the back arguing about politics. Uh, another group is over there eating and just having fun. Another group is cracking on each other. Then you got kids playing. So I named my company 38 Madison after the house, but because I wanted to create a digital media house that anybody could come into mm -hmm. and create. And that was the idea is to take what you do creatively and help amplify it. So you create in 38 Madison, we help with distribution, we help with um, amplification, or we help with the production of it. And so um, that is the overall objective. So sometimes I take people who already have shows and I help get their shows on bigger platforms so they get more visibility. Mm -hmm. um, other people I help develop their shows and then I produce their shows for them. And sometimes I create my own shows and, and find talent that I think are really good for it. And then we've also had an artist performance platform um, that we created called Amped, A-M-P-D. Um, and Amped was all about like, you know, taking artists and it was an artist performance platform um, that me and my partner started and now it's it, my partner does his thing or, you know, he's, he's grown Amped um, significantly. We moved it down to Atlanta. And so between Atlanta and DC, there's, you know, we're able to spotlight local artists, but put them in a national light, you know, next to big, big national artists. So that's our objective. It's what we keep growing into. Mm -hmm. okay. Well, you are the DC area's first woman to lead a morning show on a hip hop station. Mm -hmm. What were your thoughts just before airing your first morning show? My thoughts were, um, here we go, <laughs> um, because I didn't want to do it. To be honest, when I first got offered the position, I didn't want to do it because the morning show, it could be very political. Um, you got too many hands in a pot. I'm one of those people. I like to like work alone. Do you guys like to kind of be, you, you want to make your own decisions, have creative freedoms and yes. things? You don't like people tampering with your product, right? Mm -mm. You know, you know what you want to do. So in all my other day parts, like the night show, afternoon drive, I get to, I have a lot more freedom. But the morning show is the most expensive day part, uh, meaning it costs the most money, but it also makes the most money because everyone is doing something in the morning, right? Either you're going to school, you're going to work, things like that. So it has a lot of value in that everybody got to have a say. Everybody got to have a hand in the pot. Um, and so I didn't want that. I thought that was like just um, annoying and stressful. So I didn't want to take it on. But what made me do it was exactly what you said. I grew up here, and I never heard a woman lead a morning show. It was all, it's always men. Um, the only place I heard women leading morning shows was like in New York. And I knew about this woman named Miss Jones. And even Afternoon Drive, you don't see women hosting, at, at least at the time before I started doing it, 
in this area, I grew up, it was all men in afternoon. And afternoon drive is your second highest day part. So a lot of times in radio, they put women in place. You're like a sidekick. You could be a partner. You're the gossip girl. You're the one talking about all the scandalous stuff. But you don't get to be like how the men are. The men get to talk about everything. They don't get labeled as the gossip king, right? Like, they don't get labels. They can be as, as, as you know, multifaceted as they want to. Women tend to get pigeonholed a lot um, and get put in roles. So when I got to do nights by myself, usually, again, that's a male-led space. And the woman is kind of like a partner or she's support. Um, and then I never heard women in afternoons. So that made me excited to go to afternoons. Um, and so the morning show, I did it ultimately because I said, well, at least if I do it, it's on the books. There's a woman in this area who led a morning show in hip in the hip hop space. Because we know hip hop is also very male dominated. It's very male centric, which is why a lot of times anything within hip hop culture tends to be wrapped around men's gaze, men's perspectives, even women, right? You look at women in hip hop, a lot of times it's based around how a man will perceive them. Um, and that's how we develop talent is around what men think and how men want to see it. Um, and that's why you typically don't see women in leadership spaces in that sense. Um, so yeah, so right before airing the morning show, I said, you know what, I'm gonna do it just so I can say it's been done in this in my home, and it also felt good to be able to do it at a do radio at its highest level. Mornings are considered the highest level, so you do a morning show. That to me, that was icing on the cake. And then when they took it syndicated, which means you're all over the country with your show, when we moved it to the morning hustle, and I had to create that and build that up, um, and be a part of that and lead that effort. That also was like a big deal for me, but it was it was when I knew like I was done with radio. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. This broadcast is being brought to you by LA High TV on Ustream. DCPS Korean Technical Education. And the District Knowledge Network. I'm your host, Xavier. I'm your host, Walter. I'm your host, Jaden. Our show topic today is making history one day at a time. Join us as a guest on the show, Angie Ann, the director of content for WHUT. Our first segment was Understanding Angie Ann. Our second segment was a voice being reckoned with in mass media. Our third segment is WHUT, Howard University Television. Talk to us about WHUT and its overall mission. Sure. So the mission of WHUT, Howard University Television, our mission is, we always say we're telling your stories on your station. That's what it's about. HUT is supposed to give back to its station. We want to amplify stories. Um, so step one of our mission is to make sure that we're telling our stories. DC is constantly changing. Um, but it's very important for us to make sure that, that your perspectives are put on the forefront. And so WHUT has a really unique position in that it is a PBS station, right? And it's the only historically black college or university to have a PBS station. Um, and that's a big deal because, you know, PBS is everywhere. So that means if we can put your story on our station, it can be amplified where? Everywhere. Everywhere, right? So that's mission number one is we want to tell our stories on our station. Mission number two is to make sure that we're creating programs that support people like yourselves as well. So we try to use grants because it's public media, so there's a lot of grant money out there. 
So we use the grants and we use that money to pour back into the community with different programs. Um, so it could be us supporting a program like this. It could be us creating a program. Um, so that's part two of the mission. And then the final part of our mission, I would say, is to be an incubator space for creators, which means maybe one of you want to make a film one day. You want to be a filmmaker or a producer or something. Um, you should be able to come to WHUT and we should be able to support your effort, right? So we've got, we've got these things like studios like this. We've got lights, we've got cameras. Um, and so the other idea for WHUT is to incubate, to, to bring in talent and say, we're here to support and develop your skills. So that's really our goal with WHUT. As a director of WHUT, how do you know when you have developed or created the right show for your viewers? The way I know that I've created a good show is actually I use a lot of digital metrics. So what I like to do is um, like, would you all watch a one hour show just on, let's say on YouTube? Yeah. Yes. You would? Okay. And if, let's say it's like a show you've never seen or heard of, would you, um, would you want to watch the full show or would you want to see a couple clips first to determine if it's couple like some, a couple clips, couple clips, clips first, right? So what I do is I'll take our programs and I'll go through them and I'll identify a few clips. I'll say, okay, this is going to get the people going or this is going to make somebody want to watch the full thing. And so a lot of times what I do is I take the episode. So I help develop the episode or the show. Um, sometimes it might be a producer comes to me with an idea and I help develop that. Other times I have to come up with the idea and put the whole show together. And then I'll look at it, I'll cut up clips, and then I'll circulate them on social media to see how they do. Um, if they do really well, then that tells me what? That you're doing good. That I'm doing good. And that this might be a show that we want to do more of it, right? If it doesn't get much engagement, then what does that tell me? It's not good. It's probably not that good, or it's not that interesting, or we need to go back to the drawing board and try other things. So the best way for me a lot of times, because ratings and things are usually very inaccurate. Ratings are just sometimes you have Nielsen and you have these, these spaces that will give ratings, but they give it based on a sampling. So if we know there are three million people in DC, they might take the four of us or the five of us in a room and say, okay, they represent five million people or a million people. That's not very accurate, right? But if I look on Instagram, I can see the views. If I look on YouTube or anything else, I can see the views. So I use um, a lot of digital analytics to drive our content, to float our content out there and see, is it doing well? If it does well, we do more. If it's not doing well, we look back at, can we do something different or do we need to just get rid of it all together and try a whole new concept? How can our viewers check out programming on WHUT? Sure, the first thing I'll say, um, because again, we're in a digital world, is WHUT.org. So WHUT.org will kind of tell you all about the station and also will direct you to where you can see it. So um, as a PBS station, we're on regular television, but it just depends on what you got. You got Verizon, you got Xfinity, you got YouTube TV, depending on where you're at, is gonna depend on how you find us. And all that's explained on our website, WHUT.org. Um, and then what I do is I take all of the shows that we put on television, I put that on YouTube. So if you follow our YouTube page, WHUT-TV, you'll also see all of our different shows um, and segments and clips and things like that. So you can kind of see what we're doing. Um, and then I'd say the last way is the PBS app. So if you ever have the PBS app, 
you make WHUT your station, because um, you will have to do that. There are a lot of different PBS stations across the country. So you look for WHUT, and you can see our programs there. Do you have any final thoughts for the students at Elliott My final thoughts for students at Elliott Hine is to explore, right? Explore whatever you want to do, whatever you're interested in. Explore it, learn about it. Don't just scroll on YouTube or whatever all day or TikTok about it. Like really get into it, try it. If you want to do it, like what you guys are doing, you're, you're exploring, right? So you're going to see, you might find out you're a great talent. You might find out you're good behind the scenes. You're better with cameras. You might be better for control, right? Um, but you won't know what you can do if you don't explore. So that's the one thing I would say. Try different things um, and listen to your teachers that, that have that guidance, that have that experience. I know a lot of times we don't, we don't always listen to what they're saying, but a lot of times they, have, they already know before we know. And you know, like if, if somebody could tell me something before, if they can tell me what I can expect before I have to go through it, um, I appreciate that because it can save me some time, right? You wanna know how to get good fast. So you gotta listen to people that either have done it or they know something. So, so who you listen to is really important and what you explore is really important to help you define what it is you wanna do. I thought when I went to college, I thought I wanted to do television and then I got into a television station, I was like, Oh, no, I don't like this. I prefer radio because TV, I had to be, like, buttoned up. I had to be focused, and there was a lot of hands in the pot. Radio, I just sat in the studio. I could sit in the studio with my pajamas and talk my talk and play my favorite songs. That was easy for me. That was something I loved, but I wouldn't have known what I really wanted to do if I didn't actually explore it because sometimes you may want to do something or think you want to do something, and then you do it, and you're like, Oh damn! I don't really like this. You ever that ever happened to you guys before? Yes. Tell me, tell me about a time where like you thought you you would like something, but then you didn't really like it, Jaden. Um, when I went to Six Flags and I had like <laughs> I never got on roller coasters before, mm -hmm. so I actually tried it and it was actually fun, but yeah. I never liked it before because it looked too scary. It looked scary, and you never like. And then and then you explored and you said, oh, it's not that bad, right? But that's life. Right. So in our lives, if we don't if we can, you can either stay scared of it or you can go face it head on. And there are so many times in my career where I was scared to death. But when I was scared, my most scared, that's usually when I said, OK, I got to do it more. Because if I don't face that fear, I won't know what's on the other side of it. And either on the other side is I'm going to like it or the other side is is I may not like it. But you never know until you try. And it's very important to listen to others ahead of you and always pay attention to them and even if you think what they're saying is wrong double check and fact check you got all this stuff on your phone you can double check and fact check what they're saying but just pay attention to what people are saying and the energy that they bring into you and is is this good energy are you trying to help me if you're trying to help me cool if you're not stay away from people that ain't really helping you you know what i mean so that's my last bit for elliot Hine. and i wish you guys the best and thank you for having me and jan thank you for being a guest on our show thank you this broadcast is being brought to you by Elliot Hine TV on Ustream. Elliot Hine Network 1 on YouTube. And DCBS Career and Technical Education. I'm your host, Walter. I'm your host, Jaden. I'm your host, Xavier. Have, Have a, a great, great day. day.